We've got a bonus episode of Hunger Ghosts for you um, because we're busy recording Series 2. Um, but we were lucky enough in the wake of our uh, competitive eating episode to snag an interview with um, James Webb, a.k.a. Jay Webby, who is um, the number 10 ranked competitive eater in the world, number one in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere. So he's a big deal. Um, And just after we were talking to him, he was due to head over to the States um, to compete in a donating competition. Well, to compete in a few competitions. Yeah. One of which was a donating competition um, on World Donut Day, uh, during which he broke the world record. Yeah, the record formerly set by Joey Chestnut as well. So as we mentioned on the uh, competitive eating uh, podcast, he's one of the greats of the game when it comes to competitive eating, Joey Chestnut. And uh, our friend, I would say, James Webb, uh, smashed his world record out of the park for the glazed donut eating. And he ate 59.5 glazed glazed donuts in eight minutes, which is absolutely incredible. Trounce Chestnut's record by 4.5 donuts. Yeah. And um, he's going to be taking on the man himself in the flesh this coming Tuesday, which is uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day uh, for some. But for many, it's Nathan's Hot Dogs competition day. Um, so the great the great and the good of the competitive eating world will come together for the, the premier event in the calendar to see who can eat as many hot dogs as quickly as possible. And uh, and Jay, James Webb, uh, who did compete last year and, and did a pretty impressive 41.5 hot dogs, I believe, uh, is going to be taking on some of the greats of the game and uh, we'll be rooting for him, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he's definitely right. He's, as you'll hear in the interview, he's, you know, he's had a rapid rise uh, to the top of the game. And um, yeah, he dropped some pretty insane uh figures in this interview when it comes to stuff that he's eaten um so yeah i mean won't go on about it now just let you enjoy the interview um but we'll he he mentions this uh himself at the at the end of the interview but if you want to follow james on social media which i would recommend um you can find him uh at on all his all his various platforms uh, at jwebby underscore can dot eat, um, and he's on YouTube as well. Uh, so yeah, check him out and um, join us in following events and Nathan's hot dogs eating contest on the fourth of July because, uh, like you say, we'll be rooting for Jay Webby. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot, James, and enjoy the interview. Enjoy. Uh, if you could just sort of. Give us a very general background in yourself and how you got into the world of uh, competitive eating. Sure. Okay. Well, I guess growing up, I was really into my football. I played semi-professional football, soccer, wherever you're listening in the world um, for most of my life. Um, Then I was really into bodybuilding. So I guess coming from like a a top-tier elite sporting background, you're always, you know, always dieting, eat to perform, you know, eat food is fuel sort of thing. But generally I was always a pretty big eater. Um, my mother is Croatian. So coming from an Eastern European household, there was always plenty of food uh, on the table, ready to go, always leftovers. Um, I was actually a really fat and chubby kid until about 16. Um, growing up, when my mom would cook, the food would go in the middle of the table and you kind of serve yourself. So if you're mucking around talking, you know, the food's going to go. Um, so I kind of always been like first in first serve sort of thing. And then most recently, literally like two months, uh, two years ago to the, like literally two years ago, last week, um, me and my fiance, uh, she's, uh, loves a cheese and wine kind of girl, uh, you know, anti-pasto platter, glass of wine kind of girl. I don't drink alcohol, but, um, anyone that knows me, you can bribe me to do anything. I'll help you move house in the middle of summer. If you want, as long as you feed me, we're good to go. So she kind of planned this day trip um, to the Hunter Valley. It's kind of like a fancy, pretty famous uh, like uh, vineyard and winery uh, about two hours from where we live, um, north from where we live. So she kind of planned this day trip. Uh, you know, we'll stop at this pub. We'll go to the cheese factory. We'll go to the fudge factory. 
finish on the wine tour and head home sort of thing, right? So, okay, here we go. Um, the pub is about an hour and a half from where we live, three quarters of the way to the Hunter Valley. And when we got there, <clears throat> they had this burger, um, like a picture of a burger on the wall. Me being the idiot that I am, I'm like, what is that? You know, <laughs> it actually looked photoshopped. Um, it didn't look real. It was like a five kilo burger with like onion rings, wedges, fries, and all these sauces and stuff. Um, and me being them, I'm like, can I do that? They're like, oh, that's our burger challenge. Like 50 people have failed it. It cost you $80, whatever, whatever. And me being the way I am, uh, my, my fiance is a bit of a, a grazer. So when we go out to eat, we order two or three meals and we kind of share because she's really indecisive. So we'll get a bit of everything and she like finishes off the one she likes the most sort of thing. So I'm just like, oh, well, 80 bucks is what it's going to cost me for lunch anyway. Um, and then I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then they bring out this waiver, like a, a form. I'm like, I've never seen this before in my life, you know? And then um, there was like $500 prize money and all this stuff. And they made me sit on a table and I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. Anyway, so my missus, her meal comes out. She's enjoyed her, you know, her schnitzel and chips or whatever she had. And um, this monstrosity of a burger comes out. And um, everyone kind of crowds around and phones come out. People start recording and... um. To be honest, it was my first real food challenge. I'd done a food challenge like maybe 10 years ago, like as a bit of a joke, like how many burger patties can you eat in a burger sort of thing. But there was no like, you know, it wasn't like a reward. It wasn't like any formal kind of burger challenge. This was like, you know, you sit at the table, you can't leave the table and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, with the 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 waiver and everything as well. Yeah. So then the burger comes out. I start eating. The phones come out, start recording. Anyway, so then- yeah, Cessnock is a bit of a country town where this pub is. And um, it was lunchtime uh, on a Saturday. So there was some locals getting really drunk and they start, you know, egging me on, making jokes. Obviously, I'm pretty ethnic looking. I'm the only ethnic in Cessnock at this point. So they're kind of like, oh, you're not going to finish that. You got no chance, blah, blah, blah. And then actually, I was talking to the chef before the challenge. He makes her own cheesecake. Cheesecake is one of my favorite desserts. And I said to this drunk guy who's like yelling at me, I'm like, listen, I'm going to eat this burger because I want to try that cheesecake. And then him being the drunk guy that he was, who turns out to be the owner's son-in-law, by the way, I didn't know this at the time. He bet me in front of everyone, oh, I'll buy you cheesecake if you finish this burger, like being a drunk hero. Anyway, we shook on it. I stood up to shake his hand. I was like, sit down. You can't leave the table. I'm like, wow. Anyway, me just eating. I ate this burger in like 23 or 24 minutes. Everyone's like falling off their chair. I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, at the time I had no idea. The cheesecake came out. This drunk guy bought me cheesecake and being the drunk idiot that he was, he put all this whipped cream on top. And I, anyways, I ate it. So then you get 30 minutes to finish this burger. I ended up finishing the burger and everything and the whipped cream and the cheesecake within like 27 minutes. Everyone was like freaking out. Anyway, we took a few photos. Um, I got my money. We went to the Hunter Valley. Continue on with my day. Didn't think it was a big deal. The next day I was all over the news. Like this guy had sent this video to like all these news outlets, right? And uh, Incredible. it turned out to be a huge deal. And I had no idea about like competitive eating or anything like this at this point. To be fair, my social media, my Instagram was all, I'm a sneakerhead, right? And a gym junkie. So it was only like half naked selfies and sneakers on my Instagram. I had no idea about like food challenges and whatnot. Um, and then it kind of all kicked off from there. Like within a week, I, um, I was on the radio, I was on the news, um, I was in like the newspaper, um, and then I had all these people messaging me about food challenges and competitive eaters from around Australia messaging me and all this stuff. That's literally how it started. I thought it was no big deal. Turns out I like created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then how, story. yeah. How, how long did it take from that point to then rise to the ranks of being the number one competitive eater in Australia as you are now? Okay. So that was on the Sunday. On the Monday, I was on the radio. And on that Monday, um, an, a top 10, a top five, I should say, competitive eater, who's now one of my best mates, he rang in the radio station because I was eating dumplings on the radio against like the radio host, like as a bit of a joke. You know, I was like 50 deep and he was like 10 in like dying. And um, they were like, oh, does anyone have any tips for this guy? Called, his name's Whipper. Any, any tips for Whipper? Like, you know, help him out. I'm just going about my business eating. And this guy rings in saying, listen, you need some Coke Zero. You got to shake your stomach around, giving him all these tips. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, whatever, man, that's mad. After the radio, uh, the radio station, like the gig finished, um, I checked my Instagram inbox and the guy who messaged in goes, Hey, that was me that rang into the radio station. I'm actually a competitive eater. Um, we have a secret, like we have a Facebook group, like a, like a private Facebook group. We've all been talking about you. Like 
where the hell have you come from? You know, sort of thing. He's like, I really want to meet you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, he's like, there's a burger competition on Thursday. Um, come down. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> so after work on Thursday, uh, I finished work early. I went and got some food. So uh, there's a place in Sydney called Marrickville. It's a very strong um, Vietnamese uh a lot of Vietnamese live there. So obviously barn me, I love my barn me. So I finished work, went and got four and bar, four barn me because I couldn't decide which one I wanted. Walked into this restaurant, eating my barn me's and I sat down, waited for this guy that I didn't know who I, I knew his name was Juan. That's all I knew. Anyway, so I waited around for like 10 minutes and then like I'm sitting in the corner. He rocks up uh, with his fiance and a couple of buddies and he walks into the restaurant and everyone's like, Juan, 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 giving him high fives and stuff. Like knowing who this guy is, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Anyway, he whips out this tripod. At this point, I'd never seen a tripod in my life. Didn't know what a tripod was. And this guy's got like a whole media setup. I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, I'm James. He's like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Like, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, excited. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, hey. Anyway, so we order the burgers. We sit down. Everyone's making a big deal. All these people are making a fuss, setting up cameras and all this. I'm like, oh, I just take a seat at the end, you know, whatever. And then Juan goes to me, do you mind if I record you? I'm like, Okay. He whips out a camera, starts making a video. Oh, this is James. He smashed a burger in Cessnock, whatever, whatever. Like, you know, what? let's go. Let's do this burger comp. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, the burgers come out and I'm like, man, I'm starving. Like, let's go. He's like, no, no, no. We've got to take photos. I'm like, what? So literally 20 minutes went past taking photos of his burger and posing. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is, like, isn't the food getting social cold media during this time? Sorry? Is your food getting all cold? Oh, yeah, stone cold. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I just want to eat, you know? But they're like, no, this is how we do it. Like, the camera eats first and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, like, cool. Anyway, so we do the intros. We do the photos. Um, I post for a few photos with him, whatever. And, you know, everyone's like, three, two, one, let's go. And all I hear is this yelling, like, go one, cheering, all this. I'm like, wow, this guy must be good. Like, he's going to kill me at this burger challenge. In the meantime, like, this burger's kind of nice. I'm just eating, 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 you know? Anyway. Two minutes, two and a half minutes go past and I, I finished. I looked up and Juan, who's like top five in the country, is not even halfway. He just looks at me and like puts the burger on the ground. He's like, what the hell just happened? Like literally got up and like walked away. I'm like, Incredible. what the hell just happened? I didn't even know. And like his fiance, who's obviously his biggest fan, has been with him to every like food competition ever. Just speechless. The owner of the restaurant didn't know what to do. And I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, what's, what happens now? Anyway, so like to this day, that record still stands, right? And um, anyway, so we finished the burger thing. He's like, dude, you're a freak. You're so good at this. We actually stayed at the restaurant after that burger comp for like three hours just chatting, getting to know each other, telling me about competitive eating because I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I had no idea. I was just Gina got a free burger, to be honest. <laughs> and um, he pr- pretty much gave me a list um, of all these undefeated food challenges in Sydney. And Maybe it was a bit of a piss take. Maybe it wasn't. But I literally, as a bit of a joke, every day after work for the next two weeks, I went and did all these food challenges. I literally finished every single one and I ate dinner for free for two weeks straight. I'm like, this is mad. <laughs> like, this is kind of cool, you know? Anyways, one challenge, I won like 200 bucks. One challenge, I won like 500 bucks. Most of them are like, you get a free t-shirt and a free meal, whatever. But like, by the end of two weeks, I had like t-shirts. I had money. I was like, free food. I'm like, this is kind of cool, you know? And then... um. Uh, I got accepted into like their secret society little Facebook group and they've all been talking about me like, oh, he's this guy, whatever, whatever. Anyway, turns out there's another guy who's really big on social media. His tag is uh, Food Coma Eats. His name's Jesse. Um, such a crazy world. He's like, was number two in Australia at the time, massive on social media, like hundreds of thousands of followers, huge in the food world, right? We've been going to the same gym for like 10 years and I only knew him as the guy with the ponytail that wears the donut socks. Literally, like that's how I knew him. I didn't know anything. He's like, you know, alter ego, his social media presence. I had no idea, right? He's been like, oh, this guy goes to my gym. Like, holy crap, I know this guy. And I'm like, dude, I know you. What the hell? And it's just, I had no idea about this whole like secret society, right? Yeah. And then like, it just, it just blew up from there. They're all talking about me, like inviting me. So a lot of them do um, like social media management, inviting me to their restaurants to take on challenges. And I literally, for like three months, I just went as a bit of a joke after work and just smashed all these records, ate a bunch of burgers and pizzas for free, <laughs> met all these people, and then lockdown happened, right? So I had, done, I had got a bit of, you know, it was a bit of fun. Then lockdown happened. Um, 
by this point I'd made a few little posts on social media, nothing crazy, but like, um, you know, people kind of knew, oh, who's this guy? Anyway, so my fiance was like, we couldn't work during lockdown, obviously. So she's like, let's make TikTok. Like, it's a bit of a joke. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, in Sydney, lockdown for a while was pretty harsh. Like, you could only literally go to the yeah. grocery store. Like, that's all you could do. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, let's go see what's on special at this at the supermarket. So I just went to the supermarket. Whatever was on special, I loaded up the trolley. I bought bread. I bought pasta. All this random stuff. Started making because I love to cook. Like, I love cooking. Don't get me wrong. So I started making like random, like five kilo pastas. And like, if mince was on sale, I'd make like a spaghetti bolognese or whatever, right? Um, random like shepherd's pie, whatever, right? Anyway, so we started making videos like for a joke. And then like within like two weeks, I had like a hundred thousand followers. People like commenting, giving me gifts. People started messaging me saying, listen, if I PayPal you like 500 bucks, can you go buy like Big Macs and stuff? Like pay for my Uber Eats order and watching me eat and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh. what the hell? Crazy. And then like within like two or three weeks, I had restaurants. Obviously, restaurants were closed down, but a lot of them could still do home delivery. So where we live in the suburbs, a lot of restaurants started doing like catering. They're like, oh, like we're doing catering. Like, can we send you a catering box and you make a video? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so literally for the whole of lockdown, whether it was like catering boxes, cookies, brownies, like anything, you name it, donuts. I was getting them sent to my house almost every day just to make videos. And it got kind of got me through lockdown, right? And then I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then like after lockdown, I was getting all these messages, like just from random people saying, you made my lockdown so entertaining. Like you got us through lockdown. My family would watch you religiously. Like we love your videos, like all this stuff. I'm like, holy crap, like social media is so powerful, right? And then, well, after lockdown, that's when like Sydney especially was trying to get back to normal, right? So um Restaurants were inviting me to their restaurant, um, say, come do my challenge, come do this, come do that. And then out of nowhere, this local restaurant. Um, so, by the way, I had met a few competitive eaters along the way, right? Mm. We talk on the phone and a few meetups for burgers or whatever. And then by this point, about a month after lockdown, I got invited to a local Lebanese restaurant here where I live in Castle Hill. And um, they invited me and my fiance for dinner. And they're like, please come down on a Saturday night. Like, we've got a table aside for you. Like, it'd be an honor to have you. I'm like, Okay. So I literally went there and obviously they gave us the banquet because that's like the bee's knees at Mediterranean cuisine, right? And um, they literally gave me a banquet for like eight people. It wasn't for two. It was literally for eight. Anyways, me being me, ate it all, being polite, thank you. By the end of the meal, like, you know, we saw the belly dancers. Uh, it was just a fun night, right? I took a few photos, whatever. At the end of the night, I went to go pay for the meal. That's just me. I'm like, cool, thanks for dinner. You know, thanks for having us. He looks at me like weird and slips me this envelope. I'm like... What the hell? So take this envelope. I'm like, thank you. Um, I'll see you around. Didn't really know what to do, right? Went outside. I'm like, what? Like shaking. What the hell? What's going on here? Look in the envelope. There's money, cash, like 500 bucks. I'm like, oh, I just ate like 500 bucks worth of food. Like what's going on? Thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? Anyways, basically one of the boys that I had met along the way, Scotty, another one of my good friends, who's also really big on social media. I pretty much said to him like, what the hell is this? He's like, dude, your life's about to change. And I'm like, okay. He's like, go set up a business, go get your merchandise, go do this, go do that. Start making more videos. And I'm like, I looked at my, my fiance, okay, she's like the media guru, right? But I'm just like, okay, let's do it, whatever. And she just went away and bought all this stuff, cameras, like tripods, all this stuff. And to be fair, like it just kind of went from there. Wow. That was in the space of like only a couple of months. Wow. It sounds awesome. like a very secret society with the Facebook group and the money in the envelopes. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's. It, I look back at it, I'm like, I have no idea how I was so oblivious to this life before, like social media and all this different stuff. It's crazy. Like there's a whole other world out there that you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, is, is there like, it's because a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, the big names in, in your world are big on social media as well. And is that kind of... Is it, is it in order to do it professionally, do you kind of have to do the social media thing? Yeah. So I suppose, especially in Australia, the social media presence is that you make your money from marketing, right? So brands want to be advertised on your platform. In terms of like winning money, yeah, but you can win some money. Thousand bucks here, 500 bucks there, but it's not sustainable because we have less than 10 competitions a year here in Australia. 
In the States, it's a different story. Like I'm going to America next week to compete. I'm going to do three events in three weeks. They have 30 events a year in America. It's next level. But here in Australia, the money is from social media. Like you have a big platform and you can use that to, you know, market yourself, market products, market brands. Brands want to be associated with you so they can be seen on your platform. That's pretty much how it works. Um, and obviously I'm still learning. Um, we're all still learning. It's, it's always changing. It's, it's crazy, but yeah, look the way from where I sit, the bigger you are, the more opportunity you have to earn money from your platform. Yes. Yeah. Talked about the differences between kind of the USA and Australia scene, like how, how quickly is the Australian scene growing? Is there how much more interest is coming into it and, and how many people are kind of getting into that world really? So without sounding like a complete twat, I've done more for the competitive eating scene here in like two years. Um, the people I've met along the way, it was kind of dying out. It was fun for a while, but then people like, without sounding like a complete dick, I have a bigger, one of the biggest platforms out of all the competitive eaters ever. Um, I have like fans that are small kids, adults, all ranges of people. And I've kind of not recruited, but. I bump into people that kind of, oh, I'm into the gym too. Like, how do you eat so much? I'm like, dude, like, don't you love free burgers? Like, it's fine. Like, I kind of make a joke out of it. Like, I don't really care that I'm number one or whatever. I don't really care for that. I'm just like, the more the merrier. The more we can eat with, the better. Um, Before I was kind of in the scene, the best competitive eaters were in Melbourne. And um, they're very competitive. They kind of keep to themselves. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm new to this. I just want to be friends with everyone. Like, I don't care who you are or what you're ranked or what you do. Let's just be mates. Like, I'll be honest, before this, I loved food. My fun would be, oh, let's go to like Brazilian barbecue and smash as much food as we can, or let's find a buffet, or or you can eat chicken wings just for a laugh. You know what I mean? These guys, they do it like religiously. I'm like, well, let's do it together. So the Sydney boys now, we kind of catch up once a week, once a fortnight, just go like all you can eat buffets and just have a laugh and socialize. And along that way, we've just found other people that love eating big and eating chicken wings or buffets or whatever it may be. Right. And let's be honest here, yeah, like eating it's, you can be judged for it. Oh, these guys, these guys are fatty or these guys are pig or whatever, you know? So like, we're kind of a bunch of boys and girls. We sit around a table. There's no judgment. We rip a few disgusting burps. We smash Coke zero, talk a bit of crap. Um, and we have this in common. We don't care about getting off our head or drinking. We just want to have fun and find good food. Right. So we kind of just made a group of friends and then, you know, it kind of snowballed into other competitive eaters. Like, Oh, like, I want to give it a go. And then me being me, I grew up in the Hills area where I live and they're like, Oh dude, like oh, I went to school with you. Like I'm three grades below you. Like I want to meet you. And like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm doing a burger challenge or whatever. Like come down. And then we kind of just, Oh, that's fine. Like I want to give it a go. And like, I kind of just kind of snowballed from there. So I've kind of recruited a bunch of people just to get involved. I'm not saying they've got to be the best or competitive, but get involved. What's the worst that can happen? You get a free burger. You know what I mean? So it's growing in Australia now because I've kind of not, not made these people, my friends, but we've just become friends, you know? And when everyone is friendly and that kind of camaraderie, it's easier to build a community, right? It's not so competitive. Like Mm. for us, like, um, you know, we had a competition last weekend and literally like we hung out before we competed for three minutes. Then we went and smashed ice cream after. So like, yeah, for three minutes, there's no friends. You're just down to like smash food and win. But then outside of those three or five minutes, whatever the competition is, we hang out, talk a bit of crap. How's the family? Let's go for ice cream. Let's find some donuts. Like, and people kind of just tag along. And then we kind of G them up and be like, come and do the next comp with us, you know, sort of thing. So yeah, like it's growing again because I feel like we're now a community. It's not so competitive, but in America, it's every man for himself it's like yeah another level phones on death staring like mind games i'm like wow this is crazy but the money at stake in america is crazy like there's mm-hmm. thousands of us dollars at stake every weekend and a lot of them do it full time so i understand um in australia there's about 10 of us that are competitive we do it for a laugh you know the interstate competitions are more for a catch-up and a hang out a weekend away you know whereas in america they fly in fly out compete, go home, take the money and run sort of thing. Mm. Just a different atmosphere. But look, I enjoy it all the same. So you mentioned you were going to some of the uh, the big events in America over the next kind of few weeks. Uh, can you give us any kind of 
uh, hint as to what, where you'll be competing if people want to want to check you out? Yeah, so of course. So next Friday, the 25th or 26th, I'm going to be in Indiana competing at Jack's Donuts. So Jack's Donuts is like a very famous donut brand in America. Um, so Jack's Donuts, that's a very famous competition. Awesome. And then a week later, which is the uh, National Donut Day, is going to be in San Diego. It's going to be a famous donut competition there. And then a week after that, I'm going to Lubbock in Texas. Um, they're famous for egg rolls. Egg rolls, it looks like a spring roll, but it's like an omelet. Kind of like an omelet made into a spring roll, I guess right. the best way I can uh, describe that. So I'm going to be doing those three competitions. Um, it'll be a good lineup. Um, the Nathan's qualifiers are going on at the same time as well. I've already yeah. qualified for Nathan's, so I'll be coming back. So I'm doing those three, so I'll be away for three weeks. I come back for uh, one, my friend's wedding, my competitive eater buddy's wedding. And then I fly back to America with my family, the three of us, and we're going to go, um, we go to New York for Nathan's for a week. Amazing. And then I'm going to do a week in New York, a week in New York, a week in Las Vegas, because there's a really, there's a couple of really famous food challenges in Las Vegas. I really want to give a go. Um, and then a week in Las Vegas, then we're going to drive to LA and then the girls can spend like a week in Disneyland, you know, do the, do the Disney thing. Yeah. And I'll find some food challenges to like do in like LA and whatever else. But yeah, that's my next like, seven, eight weeks kind of jam-packed. Love it. I saw on your, uh, your Instagram, your, your personal record at, at Nathan's is for 41 and a half. Uh, is that right? Yeah. And what, what yeah, are you going to be hard to beat? <laughs> it's, it's a tough look, I'll be beat. honest. Look, honestly, I, I want to be, so in the whole history of Nathan's, there's been eight people to eat 50. Yeah. So I want to be the ninth person to eat 50. I want to be the only Aussie to ever eat 50. Now, Already, I'm the only Aussie to compete in the MLE and sign in the MLE. I'm the only Aussie to ever compete at Nathan's. And I'm the only Aussie to ever place at Nathan's. So I want to be the only Aussie to eat 50. I just want to be that guy. Wow. But uh, that's going to be a stretch. I'm not, I'm not, you know, got, you know, my head in the clouds. I know it's not going to be easy. I'll be, any, I'll be happy with anywhere between 45 and 50, to be honest, because obviously like being in Australia, I won't be able to practice with Nathan's. So I want to practice as much as I can when I'm in America. But to be honest, like the weight, the capacity is about, they're about a hundred grams. So it's a four and a half kilos to five kilos, just of hot dogs without the fluid. So if I can do five kilos in 10 minutes, I'll be over the moon. It's a serious amount of food. It is. If you want to be the best, you got to mix it with the best, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, you, uh, you go ahead. No, 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 no worries. You, you touched on... Um, on preparation training and i was going to ask you now that you do it you know more and more um since you started doing more challenges has it changed your your sort of day-to-day -day life your your day-to-day -day routine and in terms of i know like you mentioned being into the gym and it seems that a lot of people in the competitive eating world are are in good shape and into the gym and stuff so um yeah could you just give us an insight into how you how you prepare and how you train and stuff like that yeah so especially now because okay so before this I was actually um general manager of UFC gym. So I was through and through iron gym junkie, whatever you want to call it. Like I lived and breathed it. Now my full-time job is social media and competitive eating. So yeah, like day-to-day -day has changed massively because before food challenges were like kind of like a, a dinner thing, get a free dinner, have a bit of a laugh, whatever. Yeah. Now it's like, I need to make videos. I need to be doing outrageous stuff, but also because I'm competitive, I want to mix it with the big boys. The big boys train a lot. So I'm very lucky that now, so part of my new, I guess, job now, I do a lot of uh, social media management for venues. I run their social media pages, you know, in, in charge of creating their content or whatever. So, you know, we go and photograph like a week's worth of content. So I can smash like today, I ate like five pizzas and a pasta whilst working. Blessed, blessed. But, you know, that's training because I have to stretch my stomach. Um, tonight I'm actually going to eat, I'm going to attempt to eat a 30 inch pizza, which is the biggest round pizza in Sydney. Wow. But so that's you've already, you've already had 10, 10 pizzas today. Five, I've had five, five, pizza, today. five pizzas today and then another 30 inch for, uh, that's, for dinner. That, that's the plan. Yes. That's the plan. But, um, so my training, I guess, so to speak, I wake up every morning. First thing is gym. No, without, without question, rain, hail, shine, cough, cold, sneezing, doesn't matter. Gym is first. Then, you know, if I have venues to work at on the day, I photograph the food 
And then depending on what the food challenges are. So before a food challenge, I would like to fast about three or four hours. So my stomach is empty and I'm well hydrated. So I haven't eaten in a couple of hours now. And I got a couple of hours before the challenge tonight. But basically preparation will be eat as much food as I can about 12 hours out to stretch my stomach. And then just, for example, the night before, if I have a competition, the night before I smash food, smash buffet till I can't walk, sleep it off in the morning, just hydrate well. I'm very well hydrated because the thing is in a competition, you don't want to drink much because you waste a lot of time drinking. So you want to be already hydrated but you don't want to be too full that you can't fit the food, right? So you got to just hydrate over like six hours slowly. That's a preparation for a competition. But on a, for example, i got a food challenge today. I did a massive lunch or, you know, break, brunch, breakfast slash lunch, huge. Then don't eat for like four or five hours. Hydrate, do the food challenge. That's my preparation pretty much. Whereas What's before your, um... it was wake up, go to work, go to work, have a few snacks during the day to keep me going and then smash burgers at night time. <laughs> What's your uh, fluid of choice? For I know I, we were looking at some some uh, videos of Nathan's, and some people will choose, will have like hot water. Some people will have different drinks. What do you do? Yeah, so look, um, for for a food challenge, which is like a venue, go to a restaurant, smash a big burger, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Coke Zero is my drink of choice. Coke Zero is like better than water for me. Love that drink. But in a contest, basically, you need to minimize burping. And you need something to like change the flavor, right? right? So a lot of the Americans use Kool-Aid or iced tea. I, I prefer ice, half iced tea, half water. Um, basically, you don't want to drink anything carbonated because you're going to waste time burping. Mm. Um, when it comes to Nathan's specifically, because you separate the hot dog from the bun and you dunk the bun in the water. Now, the reason they use warm or hot water is because it helps disintegrate the bun. Now, that's... Uh, Bending the rules, playing within the rules, which is perfectly legal. I'm not discrediting anyone, but they use the warm water so some of the bun gets uh, left mm. behind sort of thing, right? Personally, I can't – I don't like the dunk, – dunking is sickening. It tastes like yeah. crap. <laughs> I'm not drinking a warm sponge. Like, that's what it tastes like. Bread in water tastes like a sponge, yeah? yeah? I'm not drinking a warm sponge. So my choice is ice cold iced tea because it's sweet. Um, in America, they got great – sugar-free range of iced tea. They got this blueberry iced tea. It's like my favorite drink ever. So I use half water, half blueberry iced tea, sugar-free to dunk the bread in because it, it adds that sweetness. Um, the iced tea flavor kind of, like that tea has that kind of lingering flavor on your tongue. So it kind of masks a little bit the really disgusting bread, uh, spongy technique, uh, flavor, I guess, mm. on, your, on your tongue. But um, a lot of Americans use Kool-Aid and iced tea to answer your question. <clears throat> cool and what are your what are some of your favorite and least favorite things to eat in a competitive setting okay so first and foremost i have to say if it's cooked i'll eat it but a lot of places do food challenges where they undercook for example you get a raw burger patty mm-hmm. as a bit of a yeah good luck have fun with this one sort of thing right to stitch you up a little bit is that sometimes so the it's just worst so one, massive, it's so hard to cook it in the middle and uh, things like that. that, that that's what they claim. So right. <laughs> but when there's money on the line, when there's money on the line, you kind of don't want to lose money. Yeah, they want to sit you up. Well, look, the thing is, it, the, 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 my least favorite ones are the ones that aren't cooked well, right? They're, that's just eating a raw burger patty is just disgusting, mm-hmm. okay? But you'll do it because you're competitive, you know? A boxer doesn't like to be punched in the face, but they still, it's a part of boxing, right? That's how it works. So number one, if it's not cooked, I hate that. But... Um, to be honest, I hate cheese sauce, like that rubbery American style cheese sauce. Mm. So for me, loaded fries with cheese sauce is the worst food challenge in the world. Like it's, it's just not a fun time. It goes from piping hot lava to like a rubber gum boot within 30 seconds. You know, it's just yeah. not fun. Um, my favorite food's pizza. So I'll always tackle a pizza challenge. That's always my go-to challenge, pizza challenges. Um, a lot of the burgers I really enjoy because some of the places do some outrageous things and mix a bunch of different things together. And it actually creates a good burger. Like obviously sometimes it's a bit outrageous eating like a 10 or 20 patty stack, but I've discovered, you know, I did this, this one place that's famous in Australia for their challenge. They do beef, fried chicken, waffles, maple syrup, and peanut butter in the burger challenge. Now that's a weird mix. It's actually delicious, but I've just found these random combos that are, that work, you know, um, I enjoy a burger challenge. I enjoy a pizza challenge. 
Um, I've done a few like seafood challenges. They're not that fun because, you know, shells, bones, all that kind of stuff. It's not that fun. Um, but I'll, like they're okay. They, a lot of them taste delicious. A lot of the time you do a seafood challenge, you feel a little bit guilty for smashing such a high quality kind of food. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, honestly, like I'm a simple guy. Give me, give me pizza, give me burgers and I'll be your best mate. <laughs> yeah. I was just, um, just before we were chatting, I was watching your Big Mac. Is it 38 Big Macs on your YouTube? <laughs> 35. It's disgusting. 35. Um, <clears throat> but I haven't it, touched it, a Big Mac since. <laughs> well, yeah. One thing I was going to ask you actually is: is does it does doing these challenges uh, kind of have the potential to ruin certain foods for you, like like that? Like Can said. I be honest? No. The answer, the short answer, is no. It's just made me the foods I already didn't like. I don't like them even more, mm-hmm. and the foods I do like, I like them even more. You know, like it just kind of intensified it. Like for example, I'm not the biggest mayonnaise fan. Like I'm a, I'm a barbecue sauce boy. So if I get like a, a chicken burger, it's going to have barbecue sauce or chili sauce. I'm not going to say, oh, give me mayonnaise, right? But especially in Australia, mayonnaise or mayo-based sauces are very popular. And in a food challenge, eating in abundance, right? So it's not a serving of mayonnaise. It's like 10 servings, right? So you're just like, oh, like really? But to be honest, I'm not a mayonnaise guy. I just hate mayonnaise even more now. Mm. Um, I'm also not a vegetable kind of guy. Um, I did a, I attempted a seven kilo bow or fur last year and it had must have had a kilo or two kilos of bean sprouts on top it just made me hate bean sprouts even more you know um apart from that i'm pretty easy i just like i'll eat it but i won't say hey give me bean sprouts or hey let's have mayo on our sandwich or whatever you know there's i can honestly say there's no food that i can i don't like this is ones i prefer not to eat and the food challenges have just made me not want the ones i don't like even more you know what i mean yeah yeah, I guess it's not a uh, it's not a career choice for a fussy eater. I wouldn't have thought. Oh no, uh, definitely. Hey, look, if you don't like burgers, you don't like pizza, you don't like cheese, forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You, but you, uh, the Big Mac challenge uh, made me want to ask you because we have a uh, let's call it. A, I was going to say a pipe dream. It's not a pipe dream because it's going to happen. But we want to. It was inspired by your fellow Aussies, Hamish and Andy who did a uh, McDonald's challenge where they called it eating the board, which is like eating every regular menu item um, between the two of them. So obviously like it's a small fry for, for someone like you, but I wanted to ask you, so they failed as well, but we we're determined to succeed where they failed. So I wanted to ask you what your advice would be to people who are going to attempt a food challenge for, in my case, for the first time, Charlie's done mm. a couple before, but Okay. So first and foremost, if it's, do you guys eat, do you eat McDonald's very often? Pretty frequently. Often. I'd, I'd yeah. say we're fa- fans of McDonald's. Definitely. Okay. So look, if you're going to have a range of different food on the table, you, the stuff you like the best, you need to leave for last okay. because when you're full, you don't want to be stomaching food. You don't like, it doesn't go down nice. But for example, if you like, for example, a cheeseburger, the best leave the cheeseburger till last because your taste buds will be like, oh, I can still eat this, right? The food you don't like, you get it out of the way quickly. The fries you want to leave till last because you can eat cold fries. Uh, cold fries, easy. Um, the stuff with a lot of sauce on it, you want to eat first because it's going to go soggy and it's going to taste like yuck when it's cold. Um, basically, you've got to divide up the table. Um, and if you're doing it like as a team, you've got to help each other out. For example, if... One of you likes mac chicken and one of you likes fillet of fish. Well, you say, I'll take the mac chicken, I'll take the fillet of fish. You know, you've got to kind of divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's going to be times where you're both taking it for the team. But you kind of, if, you, if, it's, if it's a challenge where you want to win, you've got to divide and conquer and play to your strengths, right? Um, but my advice would be you leave your favorite burger till last and leave majority of the fries till last. Use the fries as like a flavor changer. So have a burger, some fries. Burger, fries. And then the majority of the fries you leave till last because... You can put the fries in your mouth, squash them up, drink and swallow them pretty easily when they're cold. Less chewing involved, right? You've got to be chewing for a long time, especially with burgers. So where do you stand? Yeah. Where do you stand with uh, using sort like ketchup and sauces and stuff in in that context? Would you avoid it? Definitely. Look, no, no. um, If it was like a restaurant challenge kind of thing like this, yes, 100% for flavor changer. Um. 100%. 100%. Like you pick your favorite sauce. I would stay away from any mayo based sauce though, because it'll make you want to go to the toilet. Right. Barbecue sauce, ketchup, sweet and sour sauce. It'll work wonders with, 
McDonald's especially because it's so salty. You want something that's a bit sweet to change the flavor in your mouth. So when you eat a lot of savory food, salty food, after a while, your mouth stops producing saliva and it becomes very difficult to swallow. And it's very sickly because then you're taking on more fluid, but the fluid's bloating you and you can't fit it in your stomach, right? So you want to minimize the drinking until the end as well. Drink only when you have to, small sips. Don't be sculling or chugging anything because it'll make you. Yeah, nice one. Thanks for that advice. Really good advice. No worries. I was wondering as well, so we've talked obviously a lot about um, the, the events themselves, but what, what does your body go through, you know, post-event, those kind of that, those first 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours, like when, it, when are you feeling good again and when are you ready to go again? Okay, so when you get off stage, you're bloated as hell. Mm. For the next hour, you're gassy like you don't understand. The burps are revolting. Um, my problem is sometimes like I need a toilet ASAP because I need a nappy. Like I'm about to do a number two in my pants. Um, just depending on what, what food it is. Like if it's very fatty foods, like for example, last week was a sausage chisel throwdown in Australia. The sausages were very fatty. So within 30 minutes, I'm like, I need a toilet because my body's like, what's all this fat doing in my system? I don't need this. Like, see ya. Um, you're going to be bloated for about three, four hours. That's just how it is. That's the nature of the game. Um, depending on what your drink of choice was, you're going to be gassy. You're going to be burping crazy. Um, but generally within like three, four hours, you're pretty much good to go again. Some people like to have a nap. Um, most people won't eat for the rest of the day. Um, I'm, I've got the biggest sweet tooth. So after I do a savory kind of contest or challenge, I need something sweet ASAP. But then after that, I'm pretty satisfied. You can just chill out, take it easy for the next, you know, six, eight, 12 hours. But I sleep like a baby after every contest, after every food challenge, when I sleep, the house could be burning down. It's not waking me up. I'm like a rock. Maybe. Do you find that um, you have to train? Obviously, uh, as you said, it sounds like you've always trained trained a lot anyway, but have you found that you have to train more now to kind of compensate for doing more eating challenges or, or not really? To be honest, you're never going to out-train a bad diet. I'm never going to burn, quote unquote, all the calories that I consume. Um, I've put on a significant amount of body fat and body weight. Um, I'm cool with that. Um, but I kind of, I look at it the other way. Um, I obviously made a promise to myself that no matter what, I'm going to train every single morning, no matter what I've done the night before, Australia's chilliest pizza, chili chicken wings, you know, 50 slices of pizza, whatever it is, you're going to wake up. Sometimes you feel like absolute crap, but I go to the gym. Once you get going, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a freight train. Once they get going, they're unstoppable, right? Now, once you kind of get past that lethargic, you know, initial half an hour when you wake up, I kind of, I, I love my pre-workout. I'm a caffeine addict. So once I smash a few scoops of pre-workout, I get to the gym. To be honest, all the calories and, and carbs that I've eaten the day before, like I get this abnormal pump in the gym and you feel good. You feel like invincible, like Terminator, right? So like, yeah, whilst I'm getting fatter, you still feel good. You push the initial like barrier and you're like, this is mad, you know? And then it kind of, it's a domino effect, right? Because you're using that, fuel from the day before, so to speak, to train hard. Then you train hard, you're starving again. You go and smash even more food the next day or the next night, right? So I'm not trying to out-train what I do. I kind of just, to be fair, look, balancing competitive eating life and bodybuilding life, balancing it as best I can, like they're complete opposites, yeah? Like you can't have both. But trying to find, I guess, where I can make them both work and still look respectable without a shirt on, that's fun for me. I truly enjoy it. Like, can I be honest with you? Traveling the world for eating contests and food challenges, I've discovered some of the best gyms I've ever trained at in my life. Mm. So like, it's fun. Like I'm just a bodybuilding geek and a food geek. So like, I'm just trying to navigate and have them both one on one side, one on the other. Nice one. Um, and is there, is there anything that you wish you had known before you sort of dove into this world uh, full time or anything that like, if, if someone's trying to embark on it, as like a career or, or, or to get into it, what would you, what advice would you give them? Look, my, my, my first bit of advice was, so I used to be, believe it or not, very introverted, very shy. Um, you, you can't worry about what people think about you. You can't be worried about being judged. Now I never really cared what people thought about me. I just kind of kept to myself like most bodybuilders do. Right. 
But now I'm going to restaurants in the middle of dinner service and doing a food challenge, causing a ruckus, setting up a camera at the table, talking on my live streams, right? So people look at you funny. Don't get me wrong. People love what I do. But there's people that think it's you're a weirdo. That's disgusting. Like, what are you even doing? Like, whatever, right? My number one thing would be don't take yourself too seriously and don't take what others say too seriously at all. Don't take anything to heart. If it makes you happy, just do it. Um, for the most part, I take my stepdaughter and my fiance with me everywhere we go. We set up cameras in the middle of nowhere, cause a ruckus in a restaurant. We don't even care. Like we tell people, can you move your chair? Can you do this? Can you do that? Just take over the place. And then by the end of it, people love it. You know, it's just different. It's very different. It's not a hobby for everyone. It's a very abstract kind of thing. Um, but I don't care. I love it. I, it puts a smile on my face. I get a full belly, a smile on my face. Everyone's happy. So I've learned to just like embrace whatever happens, happens. You're going to get haters. You're going to get people questioning you. You're going to get people giving you these weird looks. Number one advice, who cares? If it makes you happy, just do it. Absolutely. Nice. I like it. Um, have you got any sort of uh, bucket list eating challenges that you like, that are your like Everest that you want to take off? Yeah, definitely. So that's kind of why I'm going to Las Vegas um, in, in July this year. There's a restaurant called Heart Attack Grill. Now, sidebar, if you weigh 300 pounds at this restaurant, you eat for free. But they, they're oh. famous for a 20,000 calorie burger that only one person has finished. And that's Matt Stoney. And he's like the, one of the OGs of the YouTube eating world. So I want to go tackle this uh, 20,000 calorie burger. And also in Las Vegas, it's called Cereal Killers. It's a cereal restaurant. They serve a challenge with 130 different cereals in a big bucket. And um, they're very famous. So I want to go do those two. Um, they're pretty much my immediate bucket list. The other ones are more contests. So again, this year, uh, next week, actually, I'm going to do the Jack's Donuts. That's, that's famous in America. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Um, I really want to compete in that. Um, N National Donut Day is huge. Um, and in the second half of the year, there's a, there's a chicken wing contest, National Chicken Wing Day and Buffalo Wing Festival in America. Eventually, I want to do those two because they're very prestigious as well. Um, but to be honest, like... I'm still discovering a lot of random food challenges and contests around the world. Um, things come up, you like, like, you know, for example, I was in the UAE like last month, right? And um, I placed content. Oh, we've had 20 people try this challenge and no one could do it. I did it easily, right? So that becomes when some, when, 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 it, when it's like undefeated by like 20 people, then it becomes something bucket list, right? Because you want to be that guy. So for now, I've got two challenges and four contests I really want to do. And then whatever happens after that, I'm sure I'll discover more along the way. That's, that's part of the fun of this journey, I guess, because, you know, I'm in Australia. I'm so far away. I know in the UK, especially, there's a restaurant in London, actually, that's famous for food challenges. And they have like an undefeated challenge too. So that's definitely on my list too. But, you know, things just come up all the time. I recently discovered that Ireland is massive for food challenges. I had no idea, right? I'm in Australia, man. I'm, in, I'm so far away from everything. I'm the last to hear about everything. It's funny that uh, you said you're, you're doing a challenge in Indiana next Friday because we're actually in Indiana next weekend. <laughs> we're going to yeah. uh, the Indy 500 in Indianapolis. Oh, so no way. We're, we're going to be in Chicago on the Friday. But uh, yeah, I don't know if if you're doing any other sort of uh, challenges that weekend in that area, then it'd be great to if if it, if things add yeah. up, if we could come and come and watch you. But uh, I don't know what plan. Leave it with got. me. I'll do some research. Amazing. Cool. Um, funnily enough, actually, uh, as we're talking about that trip, so one of the things we're going to do when we're over there is, uh, we're going to go to, uh, Pucker Butts Pepper Company, which is the home of the Carolina Reaper, you know, the world's hottest chili or officially the world's hottest chili. And, uh, yeah, we're, we might need it, I think, because we're, we're, we're interviewing, uh, smoking Ed Curry, who's the guy who, who created the chili. And I have a feeling he might line up a few, uh, <laughs> chili related challenges for us. So I was going to ask if do you have any experience with doing like, um, you know, chili. ultra spicy food and, and chili. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a few records around Australia. Oh, well. I have the record for the most, um, Australia's hottest chicken wings in 10 minutes. I've got the record for Australia's chilliest pizza. I've done some silly things. Um, I ate, I think it was like five packets of the world's hottest corn chips. I did the packy one chip challenge. I've done a few silly things. 
My advice to you would be, if you're going to take on a ripper, swallow it whole, don't chew it. Right. Because the seeds on the inside will get you. They will kill you. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> swallow it whole. But it's going to hurt. You're going to prepare your stomach first. Um, I like a peanut butter sandwich. You need something with carbohydrate and fat, fat to line your stomach, carbohydrate to kind of cushion your stomach because chili hits you hard. Once it drops, you better have a nappy because you go into the bathroom and it's going to hurt. So um, yeah. my, my thing, everyone's different. Everyone's different. People use mashed potato. People use all different things. I like a couple of peanut butter sandwiches before, a couple of peanut butter sandwiches after. Um, it just helps me get the chili out of my body quicker because the longer it sits in your stomach, you are, you're going to get cramps. It's going to be uncomfortable. Kind of like someone, especially with Carolina Reaper, it's like someone sticking a screwdriver into your belly button and just twisting. Not a fun time. Well, well, thanks for the advice. Cause it sounds like we're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, look, just make a video, embrace the fun and have yeah. a laugh. I'm going to want Yeah. Well, nice one, James. I think, um, I don't know if Charlie, if you've got any more questions. You no, want that's to ask. it from me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Well, um, yeah, like I said, uh, I mean, best of luck with the, uh, Indiana challenge and, if you're yeah if you're doing anything else let us know and it'd be great if we could to come and see you but um but yeah thanks so much for agreeing to talk to us and by the way if there's anything you want to promote or anything like that um then go for it no no i'm I'm, honestly i'm thank you for the opportunity uh it's been a privilege and an honor thank you so much no really really great speaking to you james absolutely love yeah Can, can you let everyone know uh what your handles are on on various social media things so they can find you yeah, so look, um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook is all at jwebby underscore can dot eat. My handle is all pretty self-explanatory. Jwebby can eat. It pops up on Google. Everyone who likes, subscribes, follows, comments, I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate you. Brilliant. Thanks, James. Pleasure, James. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It. Have a safe trip. Hopefully, see you in a couple of weeks, eh? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, nice one. That'd be yeah. good. Let's keep in touch. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Imagine, guys, have a great cool. one. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Cheers, James. You see too, mate. Take care. See you.